Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of writers and thinkers. I'm Christine Rowe, and this week I want to talk about sex. Specifically, robot sex. When it comes to automated sex, we humans are a bit eh, nervous. For many people, the very idea of having sex with robots is just icky. Critics call sex robots upsetting. The people who want to have sex with robots are labeled bewildering. There's even a campaign against sex robots. But why are we so repulsed? The popular thinking goes something like this. It's pathetic and creepy to sleep with inanimate objects. At best, we're just another step closer to eliminating human contact altogether. And at worst, these things will kill us. It makes sense that we'd be freaked out by amorous androids, but our fears and the squeamishness are part of an unnecessary trend. Every time there's a sex-related technological advance, we react with a predictable kinds of technophobia. Just think about it. Erotic writing, pinups, printed porn, online porn, point-of-view porn, VR porn, cybersex, sex and gaming. All of these are subjects of moral hysteria initially. But eventually, the frenzy dies down, the research comes out, and it assures us that these things aren't so bad. In fact, they could be positive additions to a sex life. The same will eventually happen with sex robots. One prevalent worry involves crossing a taboo boundary, the one that separates human-human sex from the human-object kind. But the thing is, we're already having sex with machines. A battery or electricity-powered device that generates sexual pleasure? Check and check. Vibrators have existed for centuries now and have only gotten more sophisticated with time. An artificial sex partner is a logical extension of what is by now very familiar tech. We know from archaeology and literature that using objects as part of sexual experiences extends about as far back as civilization itself. And there are other examples. Artificial vaginas can be very realistic if they're molded on real people and approximate the sensation of skin pretty closely. It's not unheard of for people, even beyond drunk attendees of bachelor parties, to try to develop carnal knowledge of a blow-up doll. Clearly the concept of beyond human sex is already here, it's just a matter of refining the technology. So why isn't the line between sex toy and sex robot so clear-cut? It could be the addition of a face and, in the most advanced case, artificial intelligence that takes things from sexy to weird or even disturbing. But newsflash, people already attach faces or personalities, albeit in their fantasies, to masturbation devices. Another concern of sexbot haters is that improved tech is going to desensitize people to so-called real sex, and that humans, with all our imperfections, just won't be able to compete with these flawless humanoids. Well, given the widespread usage of sex aids already, it's a bit too late to put that cat back in the bag. If fears over human inadequacy were allowed to bar people from making choices about integrating science into their lives, then breast implants, bionic body parts, and pacemakers would be off the menu too. Of course humans are imperfect. But just as dildos haven't done away with the need for penises, humanoid lovers aren't going to eradicate Tinder signups. We're messy creatures, after all. We're still going to want messy interactions, just not all the time. Part of the persistent fear of sexual engagement with human-like beings comes down to pop culture's obsession with sci-fi paranoia. You want to ask, so ask. Are you real? Well, if you can't tell, does it matter? That clip is from HBO's sci-fi drama Westworld, and it joins movies like Ex Machina and books like Alex and Data in suggesting that humans, when faced with realistic artificial intelligence, will be driven by our own predictability to rampant sex and violence. That may well be true. It's certainly entertaining. 
But the idea of scientists having free reign to insert sentience into robots is improbable technologically and from a governance perspective. Forecasts of the technological viability of robots are often overly optimistic. Take, for example, a 2006 article in The Economist that predicted that people would be having sex with robots by 2011. Not so much. In the realm of advanced tech, it's much more likely that we'll see devices that look human but don't think human. So it might be more accurate to see sexual encounters with such sex bots as masturbation, which wouldn't displace the human search for intimacy. Besides, sex robots have the potential to actually improve human relationships. A humanoid could be good training for sex newbies. Experimenting with technology that simulates parts of the human body can be helpful for people discovering their sexual and gendered identities, including trans individuals. Advanced sex robotics could help couples with mismatched libidos to be less frustrated. They could also provide valuable outlets for people with disabilities. It's good to remember that technology itself isn't inherently bad, but the product may not be perfectly suited for all people in all circumstances. Ultimately, sex robots won't replace conventional monogamous relationships. They're more supplemental or experimental, the occasional indulgence in a regular sex life. So the hysteria over the future of sex tech should be treated like most hysterias, and that's with a healthy dose of skepticism. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more of our series, including 7-Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, check out theweek.com slash podcasts. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend or leave us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Christine Rowe, and thanks so much for listening. 